podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello! Hey, welcome back. To This Is Happening. It's Eric. And Nathan. And we are here with the fabulous Bane Gibby. Hello. Actress, writer, content creator, children's book author extraordinaire. Many slashes. And next door neighbor. That's true. Of mine. This was so convenient. (laughs) Thank you for having me. She ambled across the courtyard. I did. I ambled. I almost got blown away on the way because the wind is very crazy today. Cup of coffee in hand. did amble. It is crazy wind. Those Santa Ana winds? Is it Santa Ana? I think it is. Well, that's always good when that happens here in LA because it blows like bad stuff out of the air and, and the get... garbage rolls down. <laughs> yeah, out to the, the ocean. tumbleweeds roll. <laughs> it does. It brings out. It brings and out. It blows like... out the riffraff. Yeah, yeah. I wish it did. It also is sort of like a cleansing of the city. I think it is it's cleansing. Just, yeah. It's the way the city gets. We all need it. Yeah. All that smog has got to blow somewhere. <laughs> So as I said, Bane is literally my next door neighbor. We mm-hmm. live in these bungalows in Hollywood and have for years. Mm-hmm. Um, not giving the exact address. Not right. giving the address. Right. We probably have stock. I mean, we have right. obsessive fans. Yeah. There's so, so many, many that I mean, there's probably someone outside at this very moment. They're recording now. Please We're going to curtains. keep it vague, but we are somewhere in the vicinity of the Hollywood sign. We will say that. It's even more more um, exact than I was gonna get. Oh, okay. But, but, that's yeah. all, that's, but that's all good. Yeah, that's, that's all a, good. That's little little clues, little breadcrumbs yes, for our obsessive, our obsessive fans. fans. <laughs> Thank you for that letter that was uh, that was uh, put in uh, random letters that were glued onto the paper. Appreciated that one. <laughs> so Bane, yes. let's talk about all things Bane. Okay. One, it's a fabulous name. Oh, it thank is your you. name. It is my name. Although it's is it. You, is it a middle name? It is. It's, yeah. uh, but I've always been called Bane since right. since birth. But um, my first name is actually Rebecca, which is a family name. But I've nobody calls name. me Rebecca right. from birth. Uh, from nobody birth, ever did. nobody ever did. So the the story is that my mom's name is Rebecca. She wanted me to have the name, but she didn't want there to be like two people with yeah, the same Rebecca, name in the Rebecca. house. Yeah, and it goes even weirder than that, which is that. My mom is... Weirder than that. Yes, weirder than that. There's there's more thought put into it than that, which Uh, is that my mom is very small. She's five feet tall. My mm -hmm. dad is 6'4". How tall are you? I'm 5'4". So my mom knew that at a certain point I was most likely going to be bigger than her. Mm -hmm. And she even foresaw that Mm -hmm. it would be like, little Becky and big Becky... But little Becky's bigger than Big Becky. And I was like, you really spun wow. out about this height thing. <laughs> That's crazy. So she never wanted us to have the same name. So my middle name is Bainton, which was somebody's last name on our family tree. Oh. And it's kind of a oh, Welsh. Is it like Scottish? Oh, Welsh. Welsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scottish. So is it Bain um, the way you spell it with T-O-N at the end? No, it's B-A-Y-N-T-O-N. Just okay. to cr- create further like chaos, chaos with all of this. Yeah, for sure. But... From birth, I was called Bane, and they were like, you're going to be called this sort of version of your middle name. Super cute. I love it. It did cause, you know, problems. Always the first day of school, they would say Rebecca, and I would say, no, I go by Bane, and they'd go, well, we don't, we're not going to use nicknames, you know. Oh, and I'm like, it's wow. not a nickname, it's, you know, and I would have to, like, sometimes have my parents Defend be yourself, like, you know, this is actually what she's yeah. called, the whole thing. But it... It got less crazy when I joined SAG because when it when people would have confusion, I would just mm-hmm. say, this is my professional name, and that was something they understood as opposed to, right. this is the name I've always gone by was just never something people could totally. wrap their brain around. Totally. So now I just sort of say, this is my professional name. It's a very unique name. I haven't heard of any other I, I don't really like else, having yeah. a unique name because there's no... Like, there's no confusion. Like, if somebody were to say, oh, my friend Eric and I, and someone would be like, which Eric? Whatever. Like, when someone... I've had so many small world connections happen because someone says something like, my friend Bane and I, and they're like, Bane? I know Bane. There could only possibly (laughs) be one other. I mean, there's got to be more, but... Except the superhero. (laughs) Except for the superhero. but, (laughs) But it kind of has actually given me a bunch of small world connections just because... 
That's smart. I mean, there's. I haven't met. I should change my name to something like something flamingo or. That's exotic. it. It's done. Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> my alter ego. I don't know anybody. Well, Strifeful is is unique. Strifeful is unique. Yeah, it's good. I used to get called Buddy, which is not unique at all. But my second grade teacher thought that my name was actually Buddy. Really? Yeah, until I think a few weeks into class, because she knew my parents or something, and. They always just, that's the only thing they referred to me. So she, she thought that was your name. Yeah. I was friends with she somebody. She didn't look at her roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she lived again now. Buddy, you've been left off again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not in my class. I don't see you. Who here, is buddy. this child? <laughs> um, no, I had this friend in college. And we were friends all four years. And at one point during our senior year, he said something like, well, you know, isn't that funny, Susan? And I went, what? what? And he goes, I'm calling you by your real name. And I go, my name is not Susan. And, he, and there was someone in our class named Susan Bainbridge. And he thought that I was Susan Bainbridge, but I went by Bain as like, oh, and he goes, you're so your full name Susan Bainbridge. I'm like, no, that's somebody else in our class though. <laughs> and so he was like, all this time I've thought your name was Susan Bainbridge and we just like called you Bain. Like, and I've been emailing you. <laughs> love letters. Love letters. money. Listening to the pod. I was like, that is really strange that all this time you never knew what my that is name funny. was yeah. or what my last name was. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but Where I like from? I like having a unique name. Um, I was born in New Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Cool. Mm-hmm. Where in Jersey? Um, I grew up in a town called Chatham and I was born in a town called Summit, which is right next door. A little... These little towns in Northeast. I Jersey. had a friend named Chatham. Speaking of weird <laughs> Are things, you that's serious? so funny. Yeah. No. That's insane. Yes, yes. It was like a his. There was two names they combined. It was like Chad and Adam. Probably it makes oh, sense. And they were like couldn't decide or something, and so they put it together. Chatham is spelled differently though, because there's there's one. T H A. Yeah, there's that's how we spelled it. No, there's because there's one in in Cape Cod too. Um, a Chatham mass. That's no, uh, Rob Lowe has a son named something Owen. It's like I'm gonna mess it up, but it's like J- Jeff Owen or something. It's like two <laughs> right. names that are like oh, just yeah. combined. For sure. And I always thought that was interesting. Like, oh, they couldn't decide, so they just decided. Like Chat they Chatham is such a funny <laughs> way of combining. <laughs> like if you had if it had an apostrophe in there too, like. Ch- I Ch- think I've heard of Summit. How close to New York is that? It's like forty-five minutes outside, and there's a train that goes directly there. So there's a lot of people mm. who live in those little towns in New Jersey who commute in and out of the city every day. It is day in Bergen it's, County. It's in Morris County. Oh, that's why. Did your parents commute? No, because they worked, um, my dad actually, when I was growing up, worked in New Jersey, but then he actually worked in Connecticut, so he would commute to car car every day. How do you even get to Connecticut? Do you have to to go across the river? Do you go upstate? Yeah, you drive up 95. Wow. Um, But we would go in. What did he do? He worked in tool steel. No. I mean, mm. I'm shrugging, obviously. <laughs> that comes with like a, oh, your guess is as good as mine. No, I actually do know what it is. But it's um, but it's basically creating um, molds, tools. <laughs> it's, it's, I know, it's like, whoa. It's, but, it's, it, but it is one of those things where you go like, wow, that's a job that I would never. So they make molds to make tools for steel workers or They make like metal molds. For plastic objects, like maybe they'd even make a mold that would make this like water. Oh, yeah. So was he kind of an engineer? He was a no. He was a salesman. Oh, so he was selling he the product. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, we'll make your mold. Yeah, we'll make your mold. Because I was trying to think, like, you, like I, th- I, th- I thought maybe it was more of a scientific thing, and what you and your brother both do is very different. You know, more artistic, but. Selling, I mean, is you kind you of actually show. do do that. Yeah, you, you work in commercials, um, so it's when not... I think for him, he was great at the sales part, but he also got an engineering degree mm. from Lehigh, so he is very mathematical and very kind of like totally, you know, engineering oriented. So he kind of understood both sides. So that was sort of a. A, a marriage of those skills. And yeah. your mom? What about her? Well, my mom, when I was growing up, was um, 
a stay-at-home mom, and then, and but she's very creative and always. For sure. um, she writes, well, now she writes and publishes books, but she, when I was growing up, she would write a lot of um, music, like she would write the lyrics and somebody else would write the, the music and she would create these little musicals and we would actually do them in the community theater. Oh and she was gosh, the director, so, so she kind of was the oh, one who got me creative. into... Oh, okay. Was she stage mommy or was she very... No, sweet? no, she was very much like... The person who's like, let we're gonna put on a show, and you know, it's get, gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. We should get involved. everyone together, and even you know, kids. Totally. so funny because even today I'll hear from people on Facebook like, I was in your mom's show when I was in third grade, and I was so shy, and I still remember you know that she uh, gave me like a line, and it and like really brought out you know in me like right, I didn't think I could do it, you know. Right. So it was very kind of sweet and small town, and. She obviously was super creative, and that was the way, being a stay-at-home mom, she could kind of scratch that itch. But for me, it really opened up, I think it was my first glimpse into, oh, I really love this. Yeah, for sure. And what is this? And I need to figure out what it is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and she would take me into the city. We'd go to see a Broadway show, like, once a year, and it was always a really big deal. And so that was kind of the beginning of me getting this, kind of bug of like, whoa. And it was sort of almost, um, I think it was exciting for my parents, but at the same time, they kind of tried to, they, I think they could see like the laser beam focus. Precision of what you wanted. And they almost tried at certain points to be like, Hey, slow down. You could do that when you were older. And I just, here's a chemistry set. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe you want to, and I was just, um, I was really, I was very intense about it from a very young age, and they kind of tried to get me to calm down a little, and I, I really didn't. Like, I was like, I'm not going to go to college. Well, I'm glad you didn't, like, because... Yeah, you are. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just, just a little aside, jumping ahead. That was good of them. That was just for our yeah. audience who may not know the the famous Bane Gibby. Sure. She, you know, has worked on uh, shows on HBO, such as The Comeback and Enlightened, and has had guest spots on Mad Men and Shameless and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend recently. Many, many others. I watched that. It was so. And funny. she's in the movie Lady yeah. Bird. And I'm in the movie Lady she's Bird. She's got a right great now. scene in Lady Bird. Super exciting. Attacking abortion. That's right. Yes. No promoting, promoting abortion. abortion. So promoting different abortion? from your personality. Oh, sorry. No, I, uh, uh, I'm um, anti. Oh, anti-abortion. I'm, what am I talking anti-abortion about? Yes, anti-abortion and um, pro-abstinence. Yes. Pro-abstinence, yes, 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 but yes, also yes, like yes. specifically anti-abortion. Yes, very, very. Um, about the horrors of abortion. Yes. I was getting my anti-pro-abortion flipped in my head. Me too, because when I when I I went to an all-girls school. And we actually had, and this won't spoil anything for anybody who has not seen the movie, but I basically come and give the, the sex ed lecture. Mm-hmm. But at a Catholic school, um, and it's based on the real life experience of Greta Gerwig, you know, the woman basically is like, don't do anything, abstinence, you know, um, you know, just just don't do it. Yeah, you know, super basically the, the, yeah, the, yeah, great the way to get people to, yeah. But when I was in high school and I went to an all-girls school, which was not a religious school, um, it was it was a very different talk, and it was all about, like, if you're going to do it, you know, have it be safe sex. some things that you can do. <laughs> and she, this poor woman, put, um, as part of the demonstration, a condom on a banana to kind of <laughs> explain how you put a condom on. For sure. And of course the entire auditorium like completely lost control and was just this <laughs> roaring laughter. Yeah. And she couldn't that. get the like the room back and we were all just like shrieking. <laughs> and it's something my classmates and I talk about to this day. Like it was just uproarious. And then she finally like gets us to calm down and you can tell she's like visibly shaken and she moves on. <laughs> Oh, I got the banana. <laughs> like, oh my god, I didn't think it was going to create that much chaos. So, so then we go on to oral sex. And even when I was in high school many years ago, this was totally outdated. And she, she pulls out a dental dam. Oh, which, yes. Who, is, who has ever like actually used this? 
It's I don't know anyone. Well, even I had the, they pulled out a dental dam in my health class. Yeah, but and a banana in the condom time. But really? it was not in an auditorium full of people. I'm it was pretty like sure that's the only time I've seen a dental dam. Is one, one time in college health. I mean, not college, high school health class. Right. I've only seen it in a presentation. Like, nobody so. is like, hold on, honey, let, let me get, get let me just pull out my dental lamp. So, she, Put it in the back pocket right, when you go to the like club. With, like, you have your condom in one pocket and your dental lamp. <laughs> but, but she pulls it out. Night. And I was, like, shocked because it's kind of made of that silver material. Like, at the end of a marathon when they wrap people in, like, those blankets. Yeah. It's kind of like that material. But it's, like, a swatch. Mylar? It's, like, it looks like mylar. <laughs> and it's but it's like a swatch of it and the woman is like explaining like and what you would do is you would have the person like lay this down on your genitals and of course you feel the like rumbling of like the room's yeah. gonna explode again right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my friend I will not say her name because she's never lived this down but she raises her hand and she goes yeah, I had a question. She goes, I mean, what fun is this? Isn't this just like the guy sucking on a piece of plastic? And then the room is Because <laughs> 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 it, it is. It's like you could either like give someone oral sex for real or like suck on a piece so of plastic. So you're stimulating through the through, mylar. Yeah, so basically the, the mylar is here and you would be like using your tongue oh, over the I mylar. I how well that actually and what does it feel like? I'm being poked with my life. Right, and that's you know, basically like, what she was saying was <laughs> so like weird. she she used the words like what fun is that? And that's basically it. It's like what, yeah, what, what fun, fun is, is that? And she goes and the woman's like, Well I guess you have to weigh that. Like if you want to be safe or if you want to have fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so when I actually auditioned for the movie for Lady Bird, I told um Greta Gerwig some of this because I was like I I know this lady like we had this lady and I felt really sorry for her because nobody was giving her like the The respect and and she couldn't like I think she had no idea what she was walking into Uh it was like 300 wild animals (laughs) that's how you booked it probably (laughs) did you have that did you have the sex plus your acting (laughs) plus all of that that, (laughs) did you have the sex ed talk Eric talk with her. Or when you like were grown up or whatever, did they do go through that? Um, yeah. I I think I remember my parents like bringing out these books. You oh, know. through the parents, but not through the... I mean, and they yes, were like, of course. Like they dusted <laughs> them up. Okay, oh, these outdated photos. Uh, they like, no, they were like kind of progressive oh, and like cool. very... Like the joy of sex or something? Not that, but they also had like, I think... Like, Kama Sutra? No, it, <laughs> they, they had like, pic- not pictures, but like illustrations of things. Kind of like a little like. But I, I don't have a very clear memory of this. Now, at all. were you the oldest? Or were you the first? You were the first person they were giving the talk to. So yeah. your parents. Do you remember them being kind of like? They were very Doctor Spock. Okay, though. they were very Doctor Spock. You that know, makes like, sense. So like, the, I remember they had that book, and maybe it was one of his books that talked about it. I really don't know. Which and the Doctor Spock is very much like you talk to your kids, like you you give it to them straight. Right? Yeah, be like, really honest. Really honest. Don't don't come up with like. Um, you know, like uh, euphemisms or you know whatever. Just like just say it's what not it the is. bird and the flower saying. and everything. No. It's like this is yeah, like a man almost, and a woman. Yeah. This is how they procreate. Blah, yeah. whatever it is. My right. parents tried once, and it, I was like, my dad was like, so guys have a pee pee, and my mom was like, you can say penis, and I was like, oh, I'm good. I remember Let's, them using I'll, the words penis and vagina. Right, which is very is very of today. I know that right now the way that um, my friends with kids talk to their kids is that you use the real terms um, in part because oh, this is so dark but we might as well go here yeah, that if, well. if, if anything you know if they become inappropriate, victims, yeah. yeah, inappropriate happens. Then the, that you say you know like don't touch my vagina and that's supposed to disarm anyone who's doing anything inappropriate as opposed yeah, to think, like don't touch hope. my 
PP or whatever, right, you know. Whatever it is. Um, but that, but that, it's very important to. Um, no, if a, I, if a child is armed with those terms, I think it probably does help protect them. A right. Um, and it seems like a kind of maybe it decreases stigma in the sense it's like okay, this is just what it is. There's nothing weird about it. Or it's, cutesy. Yeah. Exactly. Or anything like that. It just it's more clinical mm-hmm. and, and not we, something. Yeah, we definitely did have a health class probably in either seventh or eighth grade um and i do like i like the only thing i remember about it is someone discussing an iud which i hadn't heard of before do you remember they separated the boys and the girls because in my school they separated the boys and the girls and we got one talk and they got the other. oh you know what that could be my memory of that kind of stuff we did that in elementary school but for puberty stuff Right. They were like, you're going to get hair now. And you want to use deodorant. Like, yeah. that one, like, nobody wants you to, like, sit in class and smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was always one kid who didn't have good hygiene, I did, you know, and, like, mm. had to get the talk about using yeah, deodorant. I was, yeah, I was yeah. always, like, I felt like there was always somebody in middle school where you're like, they're not, they don't, they don't shower know, yeah. enough, and they yeah. don't... And I think that's probably just because somebody at home wasn't saying, like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is, like, what the deal is now. You have to, you I think know. some kids are a little, like, they don't like to well, shower. There's something too, about that. About, yeah. Like, that you're changing, maybe. I used yeah. to work at summer camp, and sometimes there were kids that did have, I think, a little bit of a, I don't want to... I don't know, something about they, the bathing or the Maybe the also being, or, they don't want to be nude in, like, a group, like a Especially setting. away from home yeah. and not feeling comfortable. Yeah, in that kind of situation, it, I'm sure it's very difficult. Yeah. There's so much. God, being a teenager is so hard. Yeah. I'm really glad I'm not one anymore. Me too. <laughs> We've gotten really deep on your character and labor. Yeah, we I feel really like you talk about you've, taken, you've taken us into your process. Well, like, here's the thing. Like we're doing, one minute doing of your screen work. time equals 20 minutes of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so just think when I have like a really big role, we'll need like a three-hour session to, to go into it. So let's get, okay, so, you know, through your mom, you, and you, you have an older brother, right? I have right? two older brothers. Two, oh, I only know about one of them. Right, so I have two older brothers, and, um, it's, One of them was an actor. Yeah, so it's really interesting, because when I was growing up, um, they were, it seemed like a big age gap at the time, but it really isn't now. I was, like, four and a half years and six and a half years older, and, um, when I was growing up, both of them were really into sports, and I was kind of the the classic, you know, sort of, like, nerd that was really into, like, dancing and theater and mm-hmm. theatrics. They were not on that path at all. And they, they did a few things, like, kind of as favors to my mom in, like, a summer production. You know, like, they would, for fun, play right. a role just because it was, like, we were all doing it and that was what was up. Um, but when my oldest brother, Ross, went to college, and when, when he went to college, I was in sixth grade. So that's, like... Now we don't. It doesn't feel like we have a big age gap, but mm-hmm. no, but, adults, but at the time that felt like yeah. he's an adult. I didn't know yeah. him that well because we at the time because we had such a big age gap. But so he went to college, um, still doing sports, and then when he was either a junior or a senior in college, he went to St. Lawrence University in upstate oh my New God. York. My parents and sister went there. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, I didn't know that. So he was there, and he randomly auditioned for a play because he was taking a class to fulfill a credit. A general requirement. And the director had said to him, you know, hey, you should audition for this play. And and my brother's kind of like, well, I've done a few things. but." Mm -hmm. Um, So it turns out then the play was a two-person play that the somebody involved in the theater department had written Mm -hmm. and they had flown a professional I know a few theater programs that do this they they flew a professional actor from New York in to play one of the roles and then there was cast of students yeah so and basically the play was about um a guy coming back from Vietnam and the Mm -hmm. professional actor was playing this character and then um the other actor was playing like 40 different characters, like everyone he interacted with. And so my brother was like, all right, I'll audition for this. And he auditioned against all these theater majors Mm -hmm. and he got the part and it created like a 
total uproar in the department because they're like, <laughs> who's this guy? You know, How dare he's not he? even a major. And so he calls us and says, so I'm in this two-person play and it's really awesome. You should come see it. And we were all kind of like, what? Like, you're in a play <laughs> and it's a two-person play? Like, that's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's that, a lot. That's a, a lot, right? On. And so we all went up and it's really far. It's like practically yeah, Canada. Yeah, it's very um, and we were completely <laughs> blown away because... Not only was he really amazing, which was a shock because he'd only ever been like Rooster and Annie and been like like hamming it up, you know. <laughs> um, this was like a very serious drama. He was so good in it, um, and he was like, "I'm gonna become an actor." Like oh, that wow. was like what that. kind of like oh, like so cool. it was like a life changing experience, mm-hmm. and he. Graduated from St. Lawrence, and then he went to Rutgers and got his MFA with Bill Esper, and mm, like really I went on swear. this path of um, which you know we never foresaw because as a kid he was just all interested in sports. So mm-hmm. so then it was really funny because then there were two of us who were really you know dead set on becoming actors, the oldest and the youngest, and then my brother in the middle is total opposite like he went to Wharton <laughs> Business School and he's like a very serious where, so he went to Penn where I went yes he went where you went and um, and I was kind of like oh this is great because now I kind of have an ally you know my, my brother and I are on this right. same path and of course my mom was thrilled and my dad was kind of like you know at the time not that excited because it's stressful for it's parents. It's super stressful. And I think until both of us started having what they considered to be success, it just equaled stress for my dad in particular because he just worried that we were going to be... Dependent. Yeah, they wanted to be I think we were going to be dependent, but also he worried um, because he is sort of an engineering kind of person and mm-hmm. sees like the black and white of things. He just worried that we wouldn't kind of be okay yeah we wouldn't have insure health insurance and we wouldn't have a place to live and that we were always going right. to be scrounging 401k and, and that is income. a legitimate concern totally. but i think with some parents it comes out almost as aggression um yeah and sure. i also think that there's a lot to be said for the generation gap between mm-hmm. like me and my parents where the argument, I mean, we had a lot of arguments at this time, around this time, and um, I think the argument that my dad had was, like, I didn't really have a choice. Like, I was, I just did what was expected of me. And what was necessary. And my argument was, well, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, I understand that you did the right thing and you took care of your family, and that's mm-hmm. wonderful, and I'm grateful for that. But also... We do have a choice, and we have the choice to try this thing, and maybe we'll fail, Mm -hmm. and maybe we'll take a different path, but to sort of show aggression at the fact that maybe you are upset you didn't have a choice, and that we, times have changed, and that we have a choice, that kind of discussion created a lot of tension between my dad and myself, and I think my brother dealt with this a bit too, but I think... um, you know, my mom was sort of quietly thrilled because she saw us kind of living out Your an dreams. artistic dream, mm-hmm. which she never did because she became a, a wife and a mother at such right. a young age. So I think she was sort of always, you know, cheering it. And my dad was kind of wringing his hands. Mm-hmm. And then um, later when we started kind of having a bit of success, he was like, oh, this is so great. (laughs) 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 And it was easier, it was easier to sort of legitimize it, which, you know, it's unfortunate mm -hmm. because I feel like with a lot of people who have artistic dreams, there's kind of this, there's sort of this tough um, place where when you are aspiring to be a writer, an actor, a director, anything, there is this sort of way that people look at you and judge you and as demean, illegitimate. De- you have to deal with that you in a way, and yeah. you have to defend your choices. And they sort of condescend. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of you know behavior that's you know you you can really sense it. Yeah, I mean people say, oh, that's not very realistic. Or like, right. oh, so you're a server, you know, right? Exactly, gonna, yeah. and you get treated this way until 
you maybe tick a couple of boxes that impress them and then it's Ooh, la, la, so you la, go from la, being yeah. this kind of shithead you know in a way like mm-hmm. like oh who are you to think you could do that now I'm not saying everybody behaves this way but it's an interesting thing that I've witnessed which is that they're quick to scoff and then when you say well I'm actually doing xyz and that impresses them then there's this oh my gosh you know and then they kind of like exaltation yeah and it's and it's, it's not really... it's not just looking at somebody like oh this is your profession this is my profession that's interesting yeah it's like this weird kind of differential yeah yes. I mean, you can relate to that you must yeah absolutely experience that too uh, my parents i think i was much more on like the mathematical engineering computer science track when i started college i was doing like theater and music and stuff growing up but i thought that I wanted to do something more realistic, so to speak. And, um, yeah, and then I just fell in love with acting so quickly when I started college and kind of got pushed by people saying, look, this is good, do this, do this. And then I think once my parents realized that I was so passionate about it and once I started speaking to them and being like, no, you know, this is is what I want to do, they've supported me Mm -hmm. emotionally since, and that's like, really nice to have it's really nice to have because some people despite being super passionate and even having you know success quote-unquote success at it never get that because I feel like some people's parents can never they just can never wrap their brain around it Mm -hmm. um, because it's just not the way that they see things or they were raised and that always breaks my heart when I've had friends who have gone and done really amazing things and they'll say things like, oh, my parents won't watch it or they didn't watch it because... It's so they, sad. And it's That's like, you weird. know, something on like network TV or, you know, something big. Yeah. And, oh, they don't... Because they don't like this kind of show or they don't they don't support what I'm doing. They, right. they won't watch it. And it always breaks my heart because it's it's hard enough... I mean, it's hard enough to do anything, really, <laughs> just to be an adult and like, yeah. you know, get mm-hmm. it together to, to do anything as, as a career. But... Especially in the arts, and then to kind of arrive at the destination that you've been, you know, trying to reach mm-hmm. and not have the support of friends and family. Yeah, it's so, so I always, tough. And it's fun that when I, when I meet actors, I always ask them, I realized it somehow it always comes around to, I always say like, you know, do your, do your parents watch your stuff? Do they support you? Because I'm just always very interested because people have really... Interesting answers. I mean, even Army Hammer, I was reading an article, uh, watching an interview or something, and he said his mom won't see Call Me By Your Name. Oh, um, wow. Because she can't handle the... She doesn't want to see him play gay? That's what he... um, Kind of alluded to. He alluded to. He didn't say it. He said it goes against her religious beliefs, which I can... We can only draw that conclusion. But can you imagine he's, he's... a, like a Golden Globe. Yeah, potentially going to be nominated for an, for an Oscar. Oscar for this He's role about to be nominated for an Oscar. It's crazy to not see that. He hasn't seen it. And it's crazy. And he showed no signs of being angry. And somebody said, "You know, how do you how do you handle that?" And he goes, "She's totally welcome to." Do whatever she wants. Yeah. And I think that's... Well, that's a very healthy attitude. It's a like, very Like, why be affected healthy. by it? Exactly. And that it doesn't affect your experience. You still right. get to fully embrace right. the success and live in it. And I think that's such a good lesson is letting go of um, the, the idea that we need the validation. Because what are we really doing it for? The validation? No. And, and I find that, too, where, uh, you know, if people don't watch something I'm doing or they just don't really care or they never don't get around to it yeah. it used to get me really upset like mm-hmm. well this I've been to your wedding and I bought you the and, you and, and this is how thing. you can show yeah. support to mm-hmm. me and at a certain point I just went no wouldn't it just be so great to let go of that and, and realize yeah. that doesn't mean someone loves you or doesn't love you it, right. it doesn't right. mean anything because mm-hmm. I don't need it from outside I'll just give it Exactly. <laughs> the self validation comes from within. It yeah. doesn't come from these external forces. And if you you're actually it, you're giving really good advice, actually. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's well, I mean, I coach, I, I I audition coach actors, and I found that it has helped me a lot because sometimes sometimes I'll be feeling down, mm-hmm. you know, about my own stuff. Yeah. But someone will walk through the door, and I have to 
kind of be there for them and I'll find them giving, I'll find myself giving them advice and going, this is the advice I actually needed today. So this is really great that they came through my door because it's really often all the same thing, which is about, you know, persistence and not letting things get you dissuaded and just Mm -hmm. staying on your path and not like yeah. getting distracted by what this person's doing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's all the same stuff. We all just get down when we don't have the success we want or the right. expectations aren't met. We feel That's one of the tough things. It's like, just don't, don't compare yourself to, you know, other people. And like, maybe you see a friend, like I'll book a series or whatever. And, then and you see them just take off in a rocket. Yeah. And I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, me too. Can't like, and it's just like, but that's their path. Yes, you know, it doesn't have them, anything them, to do yeah, with, sure. with you. And um, don't let it knock you off your path. It's so true. And I feel like it's something I learn and relearn almost weekly. Mm-hmm. Because you, you think you kind of have it. And then something will kind of shake you a little bit. And then you'll go, no, like... Like you keep having to. <laughs> I know. I totally experienced that. I have had self doubts, and then sometimes it feels like the moment I'm like, "What am I even doing with all of this?" You'll book something or something great will happen, and right. I'm like, "Is the universe just dangling a giant carrot in front of me? <laughs> right. What is going on?" It feels that way, but it is—it's <laughs> such an interesting. Um, it's such an interesting sort of dance, you know, that you do it with, is. with all of it, and that it's kind of an ongoing relationship with it. I mean, I feel like it's like a marriage where you're like, mm-hmm. there's going to be really wonderful times with this where I'm like enchanted by all of it. It feels yeah. magical and sparkly. And then there's going to be times where it's like, we're just getting through this. We're not going to get a divorce because I committed to this, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And that's really... No, it's a business that can beat the crap out I mean, of you. It's really tough. It's so tough, which is why a lot of people just go, hey, this is not for me. But I realized a long time ago I had sort of made this commitment um, and because I wanted to. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just kind of one of those people that is not... I, I, it's going to be... This is what it's going to be. I'm going to go for yeah, it. Yeah, and it's going to be over So when, when you feel down or something, or something do you, is there anything you do or techniques or stuff to... Move? Put yourself in a I, different headspace. I do. I um, I met, do meditations. Mm, I do like sure. positivity meditations. Mm-hmm. I go on long walks, which really helps. Yeah, definitely. I listen to music. Um, I usually find that I have to move to another location. So either taking a drive mm-hmm. or just kind of going somewhere and sitting outside... It's usually for me about if I dwell, it nothing changes. But if I like can just physically get myself to go somewhere else, right. I kind of change. Yeah, the I mean you're stimulating your all of your senses and and just and changing the the atmosphere, and that can really I think probably affect your your mood. Have you ever been to a House of Intuition? No. It's really cool. What is this? It's just like. You know, kind of California, kind of positivity kind of place, but really cool. It has stones, it has like tarot cards, it has candles and stuff, and um, they have all of these different candles. My roommate's really, really into um, like astrology and that kind of stuff, so he kind of told me about it. And you can buy these different candles that mean these different things, and you light them and they stay lit for like three to five days, and there's like... One that's called like a road opener. It's like if you need help, like opening a path in your life, light this candle and you kind of meditate on the candle um, before you light it, light it. And then, you know, let it just kind of like live through it. And every time you see it, it kind of reminds you of what you're meditating on or what you want. And I just did got one for the first time and it was a creativity candle. Okay. So, you know, I kind of just like, you know pictured what I wanted, lit it, let it light for three to five days. And then at the bottom, there's these little stones that they put inside. And so then even when the candle's gone, you have these mm. little reminders of that, the reason that you got it. And where, is this a store? It is a store. Or there's two, I think. There's one on Melrose, and then there's also one in so- uh, Echo Park right by the lake. And it, I went to the one in Echo Park, and it's really cute. It's like an actual house. And called House of Intuition. Today's sponsor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you're welcome, House of Intuition. <laughs> and, um, yeah, 
reasonably priced, and if you just need some sort of positivity thing, I, I, if if I really see, nice I love that you're bringing this up because something that I've been thinking about a lot this week is because I do all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm, like, like totally. kind of it, is how to kind of balance magical thinking, which is kind of that what that is, right. like lighting the candle, with self care. So I was thinking this week. Oh, I think I'm leaning a little bit too much on magical thinking, which is like the lighting the candle and being like, yes. I'm going to imagine like myself getting this job. Happen. Like I just went out for this job and I'm going to visualize myself getting this job. Mm-hmm. And in a way I was feeling like, oh, I'm kind of prolonging something painful. Like, uh, so if you don't get the job, right. Mm-hmm. So the two sides of it are like the magical thinking, you know, has worked. So I like, I believe in it. But at the same time, I was like, what if I try, as an experiment, something else, which is that, say you want this particular job, and you mm-hmm. walk out of the room, and you, as opposed to lighting the candle, you go, okay, I'm going to be super logical about this. I'm going to let myself think about this for an hour, and kind of like review the audition, and like think about like mm-hmm. what I got right, what I didn't, and then we're done. Oh, totally. I'm flushing it. Yeah. I'm not going to light the candle. I'm not going <laughs> to do the dance. And I'm going to see how that lands with my psyche because I was having trouble letting go this week of a couple things mm-hmm. that I really wanted to have happen. And You're like, damn, that candle. Yeah, exactly. What I was happened? like, I light it. And so I was like, well, what if I experiment with a little bit of both, which is like the, um, like, like, I'm just done. Yeah. And I'm moving yeah, 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 on. Sure. And then well, I like you give yourself that time, that hour, or whatever it is. Because like, you, let's be honest, you need your adrenaline's do up. It, you need, yeah, do it like, then. Yeah. yeah. I love and that get, you said self Because you don't That's have so to important. do it for days. No, you can. Like, I'm still visualizing myself with that job. Because that almost feels like punishment yeah. at a certain point. Because when, you know, when you get to, like, the right, few days like, later and mm, the phone like, I probably should have heard by now, but yeah. since I haven't heard, I'm still so, visualizing. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I think that mm-hmm. is where it gets, like, really, you know, your yeah. brain can Right when I leave the room, I love to just... Let the script go and be like, okay, good, I did it. I accomplished the goal of doing the audition and whatever. Well, and what I was talking to a friend, um, I saw her at an audition like a week ago and was talking to her about this a little and she goes, she goes, I know what you mean and I'm going to try this. I've never seen, she goes, I've never seen a woman do this, but I see men do it all the time is they literally walk out of the audition, they fold up their paper and they throw it in the trash. Yeah, that's what I do. I do. I I, I I release right there. I've never done that I always take the stuff home and I put it away like in case I book and I go oh my gosh there must be something to that of like I did my job I'm throwing it in the trash if I book the job I'll reprint out the pages mm-hmm. you right know? you still have it so funny that's what I have it. yeah and I go god that's so interesting because I've always seen people do that throw mm-hmm. the thing out and I'm kind of like oh, like you know Oh god. But what about my brilliant notes? Yeah, exactly, work? exactly. It's also kind of good because you can be like you can be like, and I'm done with you. Right. Even if it went badly. Well, you can right, be because there is something on. like, and yeah. now this is done. Like I've done my job mm-hmm. and I'm throwing out the thing, and I go, I'm gonna try that. Mm-hmm. Because I think also you could apply that to anything, job interviews, dating, whatever. We're like Absolutely. you walk out and you're like, and I did my thing. Let me continue to live and my let present. Me go life. Li- you know, let me go on to the next thing. Yes. As yes. opposed to like dwelling in the possibility. Mm-hmm. I think I can I can get caught in dwelling in the possibility. Oh, the possibility, absolutely. The possibility I totally do that. Bubble, because the possibility bubble feels good. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and if this happens, then this will happen. And if that happens, then this will happen. And there's my Oscar. There's whatever I wanted. Or there's the big dream. Yeah. And it's, yeah, well, you got to pull yourself like, back. For, things have happened for you. Like, you know, booking that pilot, Fat mm-hmm. Trick with, you know, Nate Faxon and... Yeah. Um, and, Nat Faxon. Yeah, and... and sorry, and, No, Faxon. no, and, and, and I have... And they were just coming off an Oscar, win, you know, winning an Oscar. And listen, things have happened that felt very um, so while magical, like and, and for lack of a better of word, like while, where I will have like put something on a cork board, like a vision board, like mm-hmm. I would love for this to happen, and then it happens, and you kind of go, oh my god, like this is this works, me, you know. And so yeah, let me put a couple more things I, on this cork board. Exactly. <laughs> so I kind of feel like it 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 all works, but. You need to make, I, I feel like personally for me, I need to find a little bit of a balance because 
I could get crazy over there with my house mm. filled with candles. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it has to be like this a, is my a candle, candle for this thing. thing. Now I have and this candle for that. This, this is my breakfast candle. This is my tax candle. I really hope I get a good refund. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, but truly, you could get really uh, awesome. Go, so, yeah, so I'm, for, for me, sure. right now, I'm like, I'm gonna try to head into this week with the goal of like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just try to focus on being present and then like letting it go it's like that's yeah. done and that's done and that's done but it's such a crazy um i mean it's it's a really crazy thing to do with your life to constantly be auditioning and getting work so it's mm. like everybody does these things whatever works to make you more sane than not yes is what you have to do because mm. think about it it's like every day I feel like it's like every day you're presented with a pinata and a stick <laughs> and you're just banging at the pinata uh, hoping that you're going to be the one that gets the candy yes, to come yes. out. Whereas a lot of people go and they have five days in the week and there's like, you know, they do the pinata once and once the pinata, pinata opens, then, then they're like, they I got all the goods. The work, yeah. But we're trying to like open the pinata to, to get the opportunity to do the thing that we love. And it's like unlocking like so many things before you get to the good thing. Yeah. And it but we can, get to do more pinatas, which is cool. Right, and we get good at we get good at the hitting the, the pinata. Of the pinata. <laughs> but then you get to a point where you're like, I just want to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is. It is a lot of mental gymnastics, and I feel like when I coach people, a lot of the thing that I'm talking to them about is is that. I mean, obviously, it's about the like doing the work too. But but it, but it's the the getting there and the leaving mm, and the, all of the stuff that's involved in trying to just have that be what your life is. It's is a whole nother ball game. Yeah. One, right. one of the things that you do that I think is really important, you know, is that you create your own content and mm-hmm. put it on YouTube which Whether, y'all should go onto YouTube and look up Bane's name. Bane has a channel. I do have a channel. Bane Gibby. Um, so hilarious. I, I watched all this stuff and it was obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> you've done little, little web series of your right. own. And you and mo- maybe not most recently, but the one I'm most familiar with recently is that John Hamm yes, song. Yes, I did that yes. in uh, so October. Hilarious. What's it called again? How Does Ham Not Fall Down. How Does Ham Not Fall Down because he has such a huge dick that it right. it's, puts him off balance. Not only is the song really funny, but the production value on that music video was like, girl, the costumes, oh, everything's so you. funny. Did My, you have a choreographer? Yes. Oh, that yeah. modern we had a, interpretive we had a, shadow dance? It was amazing. So, we, so I basically <laughs> tapped all of my... Uh, talented friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the director is my friend Kimmy Gatewood, who mm-hmm. has a production company with her husband called Nerd Ranch, and they're Very amazing. Cool. Kimmy, shout out to Nerd Ranch. Shout out to Nerd Ranch. She's uh, a director, but she's also an actor, and she's a recurring character on Glow. She's so she's one of the oh, wrestlers great. on Glow. Such a great nice. show too. She's, a, she's just all around talented and amazing, and I've known her for many many years, and. I'd always been wanting to do something with her, and I said, you know, okay, I've got this song. I don't know when you guys have to start training again for this season. And it turned out we could just kind of just squeeze it in like a week Perfect. before. So she... Um, training to play a female wrestler. Yeah, so they yeah. so they train before both seasons. They had like four wow. weeks of, of training. Like, it's it's serious. They do all their mm-hmm. own wrestling and stuff. So, so basically... Um, we got then our other friend, uh, Sarah Lowe, is, is the choreographer, and she has done a lot of really fun stuff. So she was in Jersey Boys in Las Vegas, and she was the dance captain. So she's like, you know, totally from a song and dance family. Her mom's a bossy dancer, mm, and actually sure. her mom was in a recent... Um, Episode of Crazy Ex Girlfriend too. Her mom. <laughs> oh my like, god, you know, really? That's awesome. Sixties, yeah. Anyway, so she, so she's a long time show business family, and so, so we said, you know, I said I want this video to kind of be a combination of like, 
salt and pepper and <laughs> it does have a real 80s and, yeah, look yeah like 80s right. 90s girl yeah. jackets yeah look, sure. I had like a couple sort of you like know sw- all the like sweatsuits and yeah yeah and that was all that was all like a very complete vision in, in my head mm-hmm. and I was like I, I really want the, the dancing to be like a combination of Salt and pepper and like rhythm nation, like one of the like like sort of like breakdown <laughs> with like totally. a hair of dirty dancing thrown mm. in, like when they're coming mm. up the aisle in the and the mm. in the end, you know. Um, and she's like, done. Like I got it. But then it also like there's like some moments that are almost like sprockets, you know, like you, you know, <laughs> like that one. Yeah. No, but like the like the the black. When you we show like the 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 men in silhouette, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like kind of like some German expressionistic like horror thing. Yeah. Like, but it and all mixed in together, it's hilarious. There's a lot. It's so there's like funny. a lot of in, it's so much packed into like I think it's less than two minutes and it's it like rewards so it rewards. Viewing. It's yeah. Very, very <laughs> um, I actually. I um I, I was, show it to everyone. I, was I, watching, I love that. I was watching your videos in an Uber, and I was like, "Hey, y'all mind if I, you know?" Yeah. And the guy next to me was like, "What's what happening?" Is this? This is cool. <laughs> and he was like, "Who is she?" I'm sending this to my friend. I was like, "Yeah." Seeing that's this? how it happened. Your, your Uber pool experience. Yeah. You really sh- you should make a web series called Uber Pool Diaries. Yeah, I should. That was, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a great idea. There's so I, much. Yeah, I want to do like a. I, I did think of a sketch of just like an Uber driver with an extremely messy car, and you just like show up and it's like, oh my god, this thing is. I've had and, that though. Yeah. I had one the other night, and it smelled like an ashtray and bo, and I was like, uh, I was like, how is this a Uber vehicle? Like this wouldn't pass. For I sure. Breathe. I I've got into one once, and it was like there was blankets all over, which was fine. And there was like, <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it was weird though and then there was like stickers so you could tell that they had this woman had kids because there was like you know stickers oh, like all the windows just, yeah she picked us up and she was like I've got to go to the bathroom I've got to go to the bathroom she was like do you mind if I go to the bathroom so she pulls over to some random restaurant there's like two or three of us in the car because it was like a pool so we were just like sharing and she gets out of the car with it running with all of us in the car and goes and goes to the bathroom yeah I was like this woman is crazy she was also a pretty crazy driver but um yeah, got, that's got where I needed to go. Yeah, I mean the only way you guys could have right stolen, yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you guys had all agreed, like, look, we're just gonna take this car, you know, like, like unilateral agreement, like you could have been on your way. I do that, like you know, when I'm like Vegas, when I'm driving a friend, and maybe I'm like going into a store or something like with that. A I'm well, even with a friend, but I'm always like, don't steal my car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know if sometimes I that friend is a convicted felon. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I've met, I've met some of them. Yeah. Um, but but yes, I can I create my own content and I think it's super important. Um, well, first of all, like I write as well, and so mm-hmm. I have like these ideas that I yeah. want to see executed. And I am like, well, nobody's gonna write this for me. I might as well right. write it for me. Also, I find that you know it kind of helps with the feeling of powerlessness that you get where you're like asking someone continually to hire you then you know totally. when you kind of take the reins yeah, and you, you have go to like your own this is mine I'm the host of this party Absolutely. and I'm going to do this thing I feel like it really it makes you feel empowered empowered and it's very exciting to be able to kind of do whatever you want and especially now that you can mm-hmm. basically do stuff on your iPhone yeah, you really don't have an excuse not to make art right and it's fun, and like I put all my friends in the ham video mm-hmm. who I thought would you know be interested, and um, the I created a, a piece called the tennis lesson, and basically you know kind of just oh, that is hilarious. Thank you. I love there's a, that. There's a part and two was, coming. I love how there there's like a really sweetness to your writing. They're just it's very um, it's very humanistic and and very humane it's just like oh I, it touches you in and um in a positive way thank you yeah yeah, yeah. In a consensual <laughs> in a way. Um, way that i really 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 enjoy well there's a there's a a second part that we're going to submit just as a standalone short film mm-hmm. but it basically is is the characters from the tennis lesson going out on um their first date 
and oh, um, editing it now, and it's sort and of... And that guy was in the... Was he also a character in the one where you play... What's the web series where you play oh, the... Oh, Not So Union. The teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I met him. His name's Josh Hoover. He works a lot. He was mm-hmm. on... Um, Halt and Catch Fire. He was on The Walking Dead, and for sure, he's hilarious. And and there, you're you're just to give him a quick the viewers. She, uh, uh, Bane plays a a crazy oh, I play, acting I play, teacher. I play an acting. Kind of. So in this piece that we're talking about, Not So Union, which I did not write, um, it was written by a couple, mm-hmm. uh, Brandy and Michael Steger. Um, they asked me to play this. Um, this acting teacher, kind of in a like a class where, like hilarity ensues. She gives them an assignment it's every week. It's very funny. And then they kind of all go off to do the assignment. It is very funny. And I just saw hilarity it. ensues. And um, so and you can I, watch it on YouTube. Just and you can watch it on yeah. YouTube. It's called Not So Union. Um, and I met Josh on that, and we just clicked. And I, I was like, oh, I really want to write something for us. And I love, totally. you know, I play tennis, and I love the idea of. Um, because everybody in this town calls themselves an expert on something, you know. I love the idea of him advertising these tennis lessons, and then it turns out, like, you go and he doesn't know how to play tennis. He's terrible. He's terrible. He's terrible. And he's a terrible attitude. Yeah, he's yeah. Everything, about it, everybody, everything about it is wrong, and I feel like we all kind of go through these phases, or at least I do, where I'm like, God, everything is insane and disappointing, but... Because I wrote this thing, I was able to kind of make it have the happy ending that in life, oftentimes you just come home and you go, that was like such a disappointing mm-hmm. evening. Yeah. But like in this, there's something wonderful that like comes out of it, which is that even though these characters don't like each other and they have like nothing in common, they end up kind of having connect a connection. And I, yeah. and I feel like a lot of the stuff that I write is basically about that, which is that an unlikely person here and an unlikely person there, they manage to, like, find one thing that they connect on, and that's such a joyous thing because I feel like, oh, gosh, I guess that's really what I'm seeking in life, which is, like, that spark Mm -hmm. of, like, when you find somebody at a party and you make a joke and they end up saying, like, oh, my God, and then you, you somehow just meet on some sort of plane and you're able to have a genuine connection because that that's, doesn't happen That's very that much often. the same as Life Coach, which is another mm-hmm. web series that you wrote. Yes. yes. So great. And yeah. the, you have an un, unlikely connection with um, your life coach mm-hmm. in the web series, Daughter, who is super hilarious right. in that, too. Yes, so Emily awesome. Bix. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and the woman who plays the life coach, my friend, um, Kalima Bennett, who we like kind of conceptualized it together. Of she's awesome. You know, too. just that you're trying. So like you know, I just feel like there's so much, especially in a town like LA, where we're all seeking, and oftentimes like mm-hmm. seeking either connection or answers, and we're like willing to go light some candles or like Do you whatever, know, whatever it takes, whatever girl, it takes yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so then when it comes in any form, and in this case, it comes in the form of, you know, my character doesn't connect with the life coach; she connects with the daughter, who's like a teenager. Like, okay, we'll take it. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, because, you know, you sort of take Mm -hmm. that connection where you you can get it. Um, Yeah, so it all thematically, I feel like, I, I guess we're all just, I don't know, or at least I am, I feel like I'm always seeking, like, I just want to be around people who, like, get me and see me and, Mm -hmm. and understand, like, who I genuinely am and, you know. Well, I think it comes across in a really awesome way. Thank you. Thanks for watching all of it. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, really, I'm about to interview her. <laughs> too. It's really a pleasure, though. I mean, yeah, I always enjoy the, the stuff that you uh, that you put you. out, and um, I'm a, a big supporter of being. You have been a big supporter for a long time, and have often brought me in for projects and anything you could, which is super yeah. appreciated. And yeah, yeah, and you've been. I mean. Every time you've come up in something, um, you know, whoever the casting director is or, you know, everyone's just like, oh, oh my God, I love Bane Gibby. She's so great, you know, and I think you have a great reputation in the industry and people really, really like, nice to hear. I think you're like kind of a secret weapon. I mean, you come in and you just kind of like can really execute. Not and after this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not so secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> 
I mean, you um, just really execute things really well, and it's so specific and so funny mm-hmm. and so often, you know, sometimes painful, you know, or whatever it's supposed to be. But like, I, I think about that that episode of Mad Men that you did um, was just so incredible and so, so fun, fun and so. Just like these little awkward moments that you had with Joan. Yeah. Um, you get fired and, you know, you send roses to the wrong, the wrong person, person with a note and like <laughs> exposing like an affair. And it's just like, um, it's really just fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. I feel, yeah. I feel very seen by you guys. Absolutely. In the greater sense. <laughs> so thank you so much for doing that. Oh my gosh, thank, thank you for you having so me. I feel, like we, I feel like we took such a deep dive in a lot of areas. We we did, did. Really and fun. we did it right away. We yeah. did good. Yeah, yeah, but it was very, it was very, it. you know, organic. And I think that you also very naturally, it it comes across like the the coaching work that you do with people because you very naturally kind of like took people through your process and things that help you. I think that's great. So. I've, got, ha, I've learned so much from doing this podcast. I, I felt like I got a free... You can send your chat <laughs> to Bane Gibby at BaneGibby.com. Hit me up. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm here for you. I'm here for it. She does have a website. So. Yes. Yeah, it's all there. BaneGibby.com. I'm very findable. Yes. All right. Thanks, awesome. you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or iTunes or SoundCloud. Like it. Share it. Tell your friends. If you're on SoundCloud, you can hit that little love button. That feels so good Oh, I love see. to see the hearts. The <laughs> hearts are real special. Yeah, it's fun. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, thank you.